This is freaking heat check. And Gabe's worried about tweets and things like that. I and I, my mind it. is clear. I want pe- people won't be able to see it if you don't tweet it first. The internet, the internet is watching always, but I will tweet it. Anyway, this is our live show. Jalen Suggs just made the two-year wait for an NCAA tournament worth it. The first buzzer beater. We've gotten in over 800 days. My voice is gone. Oh, my God. It was nuts. I'm just, I'm so, I want, I want the people to see this. So I'm going to wait to give my, my first take until I see you hit tweet. You're actually, you're going to be am, like this. I am going to be like this. Um, tonight was very unanticipated. I did not expect to see this. I did not expect to see a competitive basketball game on our TVs across the nation. I didn't, I didn't expect UCLA to punch and take punches and give punches back and counter punch and deal with everything that Gonzaga gave them. It didn't make any sense to me. Um, looking at the box score as as we were setting up the stream, I was just mentioning to you, UCLA had made more than 50% of their shots. Every single player who played tonight, other than the three for UCLA who didn't take any shots, all of them made at least half of their field goals. Um, 57% from the field, 47% from three. I guess you can nitpick 66% at the free throw line, but college, that's really not like that bad um UCLA that what UCLA did tonight beats almost I everybody, say, it beats everybody, everybody in the country except everybody. for Gonzaga and even Gonzaga needed a three-pointer at the buzzer to win it man are you certain of any facts as certain as you are the fact that Jalen Suggs is absolutely thinking he made the right choice by playing college basketball I mean, I said it to you right after the game. This is our Jalen Suggs, number three pick in the draft. Maybe number two if people talk themselves into him over Cade Cunningham. Um, it is going to be uh, probably this game, maybe Monday night, could make it a debate. Um, and it's, man, Jalen Green has to wonder, like, did I, I, been a part of this? Did I miss out on... This is why guys play college basketball. Johnny Juzang made himself so much money over the last two and a half weeks. He had the second most points in an NCAA tournament run other than Lou Alcindor in NCAA tournament history. And yes, AKA the all-time leading score in the history of basketball, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, and he did that with as many uh, games as, as a normal national title run. It would have been six games. He had six games uh, with the when you include the first four run and those those stats count. He was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Um, maybe you have to wonder what happens if if Johnny Juzang hits a, takes a floater instead of runs into Drew Timmy at the end of regulation. You wonder if going for a three rather than a two um, at the end of overtime is the move. But all of it comes down to when you look back on Gonzaga and they they win this game. As we were sitting there watching the first half, you mentioned to me mm-hmm. that, that this Gonzaga team without a five-star, without Jalen Suggs, would have been good. 
this Gonzaga team with Jalen Suggs is almost unbeatable. And that was what it was tonight. Like, Corey Kispert wasn't great. Joel Ayayi was great. Drew Timmy was great in overtime, was great for most of the game. Jalen Suggs put them over the top, and he had the two biggest sequences of the game. He had the, the block on Cody Riley into a transition layup with a sick bounce pass to Drew Timmy. Yeah, and he, then, he stole this, the show yeah. at the end. He and stole this the, game, and then he, he had stole the this moment in history. And he was so, so superb at the end of this one. Honestly, although it never looked like the game was too fast for him at any stage in the early going, and it really does. He's a player who's very in control all the time. He did not play well in the first stanza of this game, I don't think. He missed some layups. He had points. He finishes with 16-7-6, and six, and it felt like all of the important buckets at the end of this game came from him. Or were created by him yeah. with assists and such. With huge defensive sneaky, plays and was so good on the defensive end. Just box score reading now. And, like, sneaky eight assists from Andrew Nemhard. Aaron Cook. The sneakiest. Like, man, eight assists. Corey Kispert had... 15, 5, and 5. Man, it was... That was one of... I, I would say... I don't, I Legitimately guess, an unbelievable ending. Like, without the ability to believe that could have happened and, or just did. And, like... I don't want to speak in hyperbole for, for no reason, but, like, I can't remember a better Final Four round, not just, like, sight of the Final Four... Because you're you're gonna say Villanova UNC and I'm not gonna push back because that was a national, national championship, championship game. game. But like I can't remember a better Final Four game. And honestly, Gabe, you could argue that in a vacuum, without the context, and of course you can't context is context because it exists. You can't ignore it. But in a vacuum, if you're just comparing two ca- uh, basketball games, apples to apples, this game was better than UNC Nova, I think. Because we got the Marcus Page shot, although it wasn't as incredible as the leaning three-pointer floater thing that Page threw up and hit before Chris Jenkins for the championship. I mean, Johnny Juzang gave you the shot before the shot to tie it up. And maybe this is, I mean, I wonder how he's sleeping tonight. Because he may not think this way, but at the end of regulation, had an opportunity to win the game Faded away when he probably should have gone up strong with the basketball, or rather should have faded away instead of driving to the rack and, you know, the charge there was is just, called. There's and no Timmy way they're t- calling that a foul on Drew And, like, what a play by Drew Timmy. And I know you're like, game. oh, he just fell on his butt, whatever. He's no, no, a no, big no, guy. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that ballsy because, like, with four fouls. With, but but a ref's not fouling him out of the game there. And a ref is certainly not calling a... With the way the refs called that game, are you sure about they're, that? They're not calling a foul that sends a guy to the line for two free throws where one of them wins them a, the game. And if it's not a clear and obvious, egregious like slap on the arm or whatever. If it's a block charge call and it was a toss-up, it was always going to be a charge in that situation. I firmly believe that. But... It doesn't change the fact that Juzang, the only thing he probably regrets is should he have shot the ball from the elbow at the end of regulation instead of driving into him? I mean, I would tend to agree. He had the mid-range game going. The whole UCLA team did. felt like every mid-range jumper they took, that entire game fell. I mean, ultimately, I think this is just a testament to 
Gonzaga, as easy as it is to say this, they got the absolute best shot that UCLA had. Got pushed to the brink. They played well, but they didn't play at their best, and they still won. It's... I, I can't believe... Like... I... Man... I don't know how many... There weren't any moments in that game where I was like, man, that's a bad possession. Man, that was a stupid shot. Man, that was a bad decision. Like, it was almost flawless basketball to the point where... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how Mick Cronin goes. I I I haven't seen what his post game. I've seen one of his comments, and he said he was proud of his guys. And like, you you can't go with your head down after that game. Like, I don't know what he has any regrets for. Like, I don't know what you would, what you're gonna lose sleep over tonight, other than just like, yeah, knowing that your best wasn't good enough. Sometimes that's just the case. Yeah, and against an undefeated basketball team. Yeah. Does historically, and this is not a fair question to ask without any hindsight, historically the fact that Gonzaga didn't just roll to a championship had to have this moment potentially en route to a national title. Of course, they've got to get through a Baylor team that looks like they are fully capable of going toe-to-toe with the Zags to get there. But the fact that this moment happened, does that change how this team is perceived to you at all? Prisoner of the moment. It makes it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, and just Villanoving your yeah, way to 2018 yeah, like title. If you, if you just win every game by 12, 15, 30, whatever it was against uh, Norfolk Everybody. State and, and Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma was like, what, 16 or something? Creighton was double figures again. Um, it certainly makes it more enjoyable. And I don't think, I, I think that attaching a moment to a title um makes it more memorable, makes people think back on it more fondly because the experience of watching the Jalen Suggs shot, I would think is one of those remember where you were when it happened type things. And I think that people remember, I certainly do, remember the Villanova title run with the Jenkins shot way more than you remember the title run where they just drubbed everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Combine the fact that they were drubbing everybody and you have a moment like this and not to like put the cart in front of the horse, but like Monday night should be a special, special title game. A celebration of college basketball. And again, I'm just going to say it worth the wait. Like, of course, I would have liked to see Dayton win a national championship because we all knew that that was destined. I like how you just are like, this is, I'm not going to oblige this with any kind of response. But in all reality, and I'm not admitting this without any hesitancy because I am, but we probably see Kansas walk to a national championship last year. They were playing. Wow. (laughs) Oh, wow. You just want to make me feel so great tonight. Oh, and then you had to, uh, you know, watch Quentin Grimes, the last remnants of Kansas, just get eviscerated today, removed from the face of the earth of college basketball. My voice is gone. I, anyway. I yelled a lot in anyway. that game, which is... Man, I, I can't get over... So, 21 Wait, of Wait, hold on, hold on. Let okay. me finish the point. Okay, okay. We probably see that. It's a fun tournament, most likely, but the fact that we had to wait so long for this, I think just enhances the appreciation of the moment that we just witnessed. It is a culmination of so much more than just this tournament, just this Gonzaga team. 
And that's why, to me, it will always, and I can say this with confidence right now, will always hold a special place in my heart. Right? You're getting scenty here. Just a little bit. My voice is just what it is at this point in time. I'm not, you know, breaking down emotionally. But maybe I should be. This was a really special moment. It was. I'm looking at UCLA's roster. The only senior on their team was Chris Smith. And I think he's coming back after the torn ACL. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, UCLA, we can all assume Johnny Juzang will declare after this. UCLA should get just about everybody back aside from Juzang. And that's a team we can, we can focus on Monday night um, and don't need to go too deep into what this means for UCLA and such because I'm sure we can talk about that in the coming weeks or whatever. But in terms of impressive coaching performances, I still find it amazing that like the, the vaunted UCLA free throw defense held Gonzaga to 12 of 20 from the free throw line, including a miss from Corey Kispert, two misses from Drew Timmy, Miss from IIE, Anton Watson, I guess, missed two of them. That's expected. He's not a very good free throw shooter. Um, Mick Cronin with a special coaching performance in terms of just out mm-hmm. outperforming expectations. And I would think that this is the type of performance that like rallies um, – rallies the fan base behind him especially with the kind of talent that they can get off of this so very good NCAA tournament for the Pac-12 very good in terms of financials uh, the amount of money that the conference earned itself I think the Um, second most ever in tournament history it's certainly the most in Pac-12 history Um, and really uh, very needed for the brand of it With with that said the ending of like UCLA looking very formidable and like a great place to go for teams and for guys to meet and exceed expectations because I think that a lot of these guys are playing above their capabilities. I think so. It it makes it a more formidable destination for recruits. How many how many transfers and five stars does UCLA now get not just because of the run but because Johnny Juzang was the reason for the run? Like, do they become the five-star rehab program? I don't know. I mean, it would make sense. and Because I thought he was just not that good a basketball player a year ago. In the context of college basketball. Of course, he's a good basketball player. He's a five-star. Yeah. I, he would have been... But probably a lost cause. I would have to think that John Calipari wishes he wouldn't have, like... Pushed him out uh, the door. Pushed him out the door after the first year, like he does with almost everybody in that program. Um, man, I can't get over how good of a basketball game that was. And just, I said it. I said it at the top, but I don't think that the stream had been shared yet. I mean, just an absolutely incredible, like count the basket call from the ref. Yeah, he certainly was enjoying it. But, man. Gonzaga gave UCLA everything, and UCLA kept coming back. Got down seven in the second half, got down six at the start of OT, and fought and fought and fought back. I can't believe Drew Timmy didn't foul out. I can't believe that Corey Kispert really didn't play great. And then I look at the box score, and he had 15-5-5 with two steals and a block. I can't—man, it was just—that's the 
that's one of the best mm-hmm. college basketball games ever. And it's it it's the only negative thing that I'll even throw out there is that it's a shame that we didn't have a packed house to watch that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the fact that this was the first true and true buzzer beater of the tournament. And the first one since Dante Ingram hit one against Miami in the first round of 2018. For Loyola. Like a true buzzer beater, a game-winning shot. That went through as time expired. Yeah. Nuts. I lo- I love that Twitter is just like, hey, for those for the casuals out there who hadn't watched college basketball all year and just are learning <laughs> who Jalen Suggs is, he's he also was a five-star football player and like could have done this at Ohio State. He made some football plays out there. I just saw the most incredible tweet. Shout out Brianne Fleming. I have no idea who you are or what you do. But it's shots of the year. Johnson and Johnson. Number four. Number three, Moderna. Number two, Pfizer. Number one, Jalen Suggs. Incredible. Sign of the times. Incredible stuff. Do you want to talk about Baylor? Not really, but I feel like it'd be irresponsible. You don't want to talk about... You don't I feel like that's team. fairly irre- irrelevant considering what we just watched. Irrelevant? I mean, it's this was a perfect storm of getting the maximum amount of eyes and hope Dude. and expectations for oh, Monday night. Oh, yeah. Like, Baylor just drubbing Houston from the start, never making it a doubt. I mean, Houston... The fraud rating is out the out the door in terms of uh, what they were able to, the run that they went on and just beating teams that weren't extremely great, um, and then Baylor just said like we're not even gonna mess around here. We're gonna treat you like a middle of the pack Big Twelve team here and just politely walk to the Monday night championship game. And then you have Gonzaga get pushed and look like they're beatable, even though I think that. I think that UCLA's performance makes it all the more believable that they are unbeatable because UCLA mm-hmm. did something that if the same box score was given to me by Baylor on Monday night, I wouldn't be surprised. And if Gonzaga still won, I wouldn't be surprised. That's I almost think that Gonzaga's performance tonight makes it more likely that they just roll on Monday night. Like getting pushed, it's the rever- It's like the reverse of the USC game. As soon as the USC game was a blowout, mm-hmm. you knew that UCLA would give them a better game. I didn't. You didn't th- think that they would get this game, but I can't believe that just happened. That was an hour ago. It feels like it was two seconds ago. I cannot believe that just happened. Man. Forever and always, Jalen sucks. Let me look up the... I need to look at the Baylor box score again because that does seem like... I mean, it was hours ago, and it feels like we moved on and just kind of accepted it as, Again, irrelevant. You're down on Scott Drew. You're disrespecting Jerry. No, Baylor. I'm not saying... But I'm just saying in the context and history of this day, that game is now irrelevant. It happened. It's a footnote. Baylor. Also happening on April 3rd, 2021, Baylor... Blew out Houston. It's, you know, at the AP poll where it's also listed, that game. It's amazing to me that people were like, man, I wish Gonzaga-UCLA was the first game so we could just get the blowout out of the way. And then and then we, they scheduled it the right way. They, In the long They run. did the right thing. Um, we, we knew that Houston really had no business being there. Not to take anything away from that team. Kelvin Sampson, 
or those kids on that team, but they beat f- double-digit seeds the whole way to get there. They beat four double-digit seeds. It's never happened before. And they played a team that was not a double-digit seed. They were a one seed, and they looked like a one seed against a team that was overseeded as a two. Baylor had Baylor shot 52% from the field. They out they actually were only only had one fewer offensive rebound than Houston who's one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They had a 15-point advantage in the three-point category. It was just Kelvin Sampson said this post game. Houston needed to play better. But a lot of them needing to play better was, was things that Baylor. were just dictated by Baylor being great. Yeah. So I I don't know if we've gotten a matchup. I'd have to imagine it's the fewest losses between two teams playing for a national championship ever. Two. Uh, First sorry. time ever that two teams have been the AP number one and number two team the entire season. Did did Baylor ever drop? No. Man. Um. Yeah. Then I think that I. So. Before Monday night happens, I don't. Are we gonna? Are we gonna do? I don't know what we're gonna. What we're gonna do on Monday afternoon. But I yeah, do know that probably a preview of some kind. I I do know that like, it's not gonna be. It's two private schools. With, not massive, alumni bases, so it's not gonna be something where like, the. TV ratings are special for it, but in terms of like quality of basketball and getting the matchups that we were rooting for, that we deserved, like this is going to end up being one of the perfect tournaments in terms of just like most upsets ever in terms of by the mm-hmm. NCAA definition of a five or greater seed line. And then you're going to get one versus two and one versus two that we've had all year long. And it's, with a chance for number one to go undefeated. Like, the storylines are out there. People might not eat it all up and stuff, but incredible that we, we're getting what we wanted to see and we're going yeah. to get some closure on it. Again, what we earned, we had to sacrifice a tournament for this. But in the long run, it played out the way it should have. But it, we didn't even have to sacrifice the tournament because we got great games and we got great upsets. I was talking about last year. Oh, okay. I wish we would have had last year because I think that, that you would have been celebrating a national championship and may have gotten a tattoo. No, I wouldn't. Have, I, I'm not. A tattoo I don't know, guy. man. Not a tattoo. You guy. really loved Yudoka. Not a tattoo guy. Not a tattoo guy. I don't know. Davion Mitchell had 11 assists tonight, most in a tournament game in Baylor history. And again, footnote. It felt, yeah, it felt casual, and it felt like something that is going to be. Brought up on Monday night, but like in the long run, if especially if they lose to Gonzaga, mm-hmm. not going to be brought up very much. Dude, we're going to get Matthew Meyer versus Drew Timmy in a national championship game. Long hair versus the the stash. Yeah, business in the front, party in the back versus the handlebar. Man, it just doesn't stop. Every, this is March and time, also some of April. Every time that I I think about what we got in terms of UCLA Gonzaga or every time I try to think about Houston Baylor I just go back to UCLA Gonzaga like I so bad who was the that who was the national the, title game Nemhard hit a three that made it 90 to 85 Raftery says dagger you said all right that's game and then Mick uses his final timeout and 
I was like, mm, 50 seconds left and you're using your last time out. Seems like a questionable move, but great move because he s- drew up a great play, got a great look for Jaquez. Jaquez oh, knocks down four three, points. and it's down to two. And then mm-hmm. they get a stop, and they get a bucket, and ultimately it doesn't matter because Jalen Suggs raced it and took the moment and overshadowed everything. Jalen Suggs also post-game just saw the, the, the uh, quote, his favorite buzzer beater of all time was Chris Jenkins. So, well, that makes sense. One of those Final Four lore games. I, I think it was incredible. It Right when the shot went through, the CBS cameras cut to Mark mm-hmm. Few, and he, he just, like, shrugged, goes, and goes. it looked like he was, it looked like he was, like, man, I almost wish it hadn't ended on, like, what some people are going to view as a lucky or fluke shot. I think he was going to... Mick like, Cronin, like, neither of us deserve to lose this game. Yeah. I th- I guarantee you, in their embrace, it was something along the lines of, like, you deserve to win tonight just as much as we did. Like, UCLA played out of their minds. And I, that tournament run moved UCLA from, like, 40th in Ken Palm up to they're going to finish the year 13th. I don't know, man. Sandwiched between Ohio State, Villanova, Wisconsin, and Florida State. I'm starting to think that there's a decent chance, depending on what Duke does recruiting-wise— I said this to you during the game, and you kind of scoffed at me. If UCLA returns everybody aside from Juzang, brings in Amari Bailey, I think there is a decent chance because you know they're going to add at least one more recruits, one more transfer because of this tournament run. I think there is a decent chance they enter next year as the number one team in the country. It's possible. I don't know who else. Let me look. Man. You're just... Jalen Suggs hit that shot. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm looking at player rankings to see... God who, bless the backboard. have coming in. Yeah, I mean, the bank... The bank was... It was Gordon Hayward, except for it actually went down. In terms of, like... They have Peyton Watson coming in. Small forward, five-star. Uh, they have... Don't necessarily need to do the, the the deep dive. Mac Etn, a center who's a four star. I believe his brother already and is Will on Ma- roster as well. Will McClendon, who's a shooting guard, and then of course Amari Bailey. And is are you sure Amari Bailey's reclassified? I suppose he might not have reclassified. So maybe he's in two. But he may want to get there in a hurry. Yeah, I think that he might be at twenty twenty two class. Either way, the UCLA stock is up. I think tonight was a win for Blue Bloods. <laughs> That's how you're spinning this? I am. By Blue Bloods, you mean Gonzaga, right? No. Because they're officially a Blue Blood. No, now. they're not. When they hoist this title, will you concede? No, they're not a Blue Blood. No? They are, they are in their own class of the GOAT, the GOAT mid-major, the greatest of all time mid-major. They are what every mid-major aspires to be. They are what... They're ev- what every college basketball are, program aspires to be. What they, are you talking they about? They are what every private... They're about to go undefeated and win a national they championship. They are what all of the private schools aspire to be. Ridiculous. I feel like that might be Duke, not Gonzaga. That too. Okay. Gonzaga... You got anything else good to say? Where were? When were you like... Le- what, at what, I want to ask you, at what point were you like legitimately, you still like can do this? 
after the 17-minute mark of the second half passed and they held serve, after Gonzaga was able to somehow lead at halftime despite UCLA playing their best half of the season, I said there's two ways that they can look at this in the locker room, and it's up to Mick Cronin to get them to choose the right path, which he did. You can go into the locker room and be like, man, we just played incredibly and we're still down two. Really ain't got a shot in this one. Or you can be like, we're hanging with these dudes. And it was the second one. And I thought you were going to know pretty early on in the second half. We did. And I think I turned to you at some point around the five-minute mark, and I said when UCLA took a lead back, you asked me during the first half, what would it take for you as a Gonzaga fan to get nervous in a game? And I said, my team could be down 15 with four minutes left. And I'm like, eh, maybe time to kick it into gear, guys. But then I turned to you with about five minutes. I said, to answer that question from earlier, I'm nervous now. You, yeah, you. I think you said that with like five-ish left yeah, in the game. just about. I think that the moment that I was like, man, this is really happening, they are, they're not going away, was when they got down seven, 59-66, 11 minutes, 25 seconds left in the second half. They missed their next shot. Juzang took a three, missed it. It felt like... I said I didn't think that there was many forces. There might have, That might have been a force there. Then they come down, they get a stop, and then Tiger Campbell hits a corner three and gets it down to four. They get it down to one with Juzang hitting a, a jumper after a free throw from Campbell. And then Kispert dunked on Chris Singleton. And once again, Gonzaga just... Or UCLA just responded. Like, it was... Punch, counterpunch, eating punches in your jaw. Like, it was nuts. Literally, Jalen Suggs eating a punch straight to the gut. Except it was a knee punch. Yeah. And coming back and hitting the shot. I don't know. I don't have anything else to add to this in the immediacy of it. I'm sure we'll get back to a pod on Monday. Mm -hmm. You have anything else to say before we sign off? Have you talked yourself into Baylor? I definitely... I like. At the Sweet 16 Elite 8 level, maybe it was a Wisconsin game, maybe it was a second round, I said to myself, okay, Baylor's back. They've got a shot. They've got a shot. I'm fascinated to see how it goes. I, I cannot I recall. Wonder, the, the thing, when was the last time we got the 1-2 and two seed in a national title game? Overall. UCLA, uh, Kansas, Memphis. Well, that one lived up to the billing. Yeah, I would think so. It is... Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? UCLA guard Johnny Juzang talked about the resiliency of this team and made it be known that the Bruins are not a Cinderella team. You have 11 national championships, and you were preseason top 25. They also were an 11 seed. It that started in the first four. You're not, Cinder, you're not a Cinderella. You're UCLA. You are UCLA. Fair enough. You are one of the... I don't know what you call this. Upper we, I mean, Syracuse did it, I suppose. There's a difference between a surprising run and a Cinderella. And being George Mason. Fair enough. Your best player was a former five-star who went to Kentucky, and then that didn't work out and he came here. Like, man, let's just... That's the second bad headline from a certain outlet that also is the same group that said that UCLA fans should be mad at Mick Cronin. So... Wee-woo... Wee woo, wee woo. That's not great. Before um, we put anybody on blast. I'm not going to name names, but you know, 
you know who you are. Um, Monday night should be special. Monday night should be fun. Celebration of college basketball. That's what this show is. Catch us throughout the weekend. Enjoy your Easter. See you Monday. I guess see you Monday. National Championship is afoot. It's been Heat Check. Thanks for tuning in. You can never reach these hoes. Hop in the booth and we spin the truth. We inspire the youth and we get to the loop. You do what it does and we do what it do. We turn to the max and they got you on mute. Ooh, flow so high so you know I had to run it back. Blazes the ball and we run it like a running back. Gabe brought chalk so you know we having fun with that. Turn you into ops so you know we ain't no coming back. Now we done with that.